If today was your last day on this earth, would you be welcomed by a holy God into heaven and eternal life? Consider this thought for a second. Would you enter into this place of promise? Did you answer, I hope so? By God's childlike faith, you can know so. The King of Glory declares that there is only one way to enter this place of promise. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Romans 10, verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 1 John chapter 5, 1 and 2, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And every one that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Romans eight fifteen and 17, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Are you ready to answer yes to born again? Are you ready to answer yes to heaven and eternal life? Today is your day of salvation. Today will be the first day of your new and eternal life. Click on to Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Zechariah 14, verses 1 through 4 and verse 12. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. God said, Revelation six twelve through 14, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and, lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell upon the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll, when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Man said, the Bible passages written thousands of years ago can't be true. If they're true, then there's a God. But of course that can't be true. Now the record. During these last days before the return of Jesus Christ to meet his church in the clouds, and his soon after return at the earth-ending battle of Armageddon, a series of things not seen as yet will unfold. A few paragraphs from part one of this series follows. 
Regularly on God Said, Man Said, we cite strange, even bizarre pronouncements made by the Bible thousands of years ago, claims roundly criticized by carnal academia, but today have not only entered the realm of scientific consideration, but even very real possibility. Does it seem reasonable to you that Creator God, who would have uh, inside knowledge concerning the wisdom of His handiwork, should one be surprised that his words given unto us in this holy Bible would reveal classic insights into the very makeup of all that's living and dead, of all that's spiritual and physical, of all that's invisible and visible? Consider a few biblical pronouncements once thought of as wild-eyed exaggerations embraced by Christian zealots. The Bible states that one father, Adam, and one mother, Eve, are the parents of the entire human race. Evolution's original position was that mankind had no specific origin, but simply popped up all over the globe. That is until the field of microbiology established that all humans alive today are the children of Y-chromosome Adam and MTDNA Eve, one father, one mother. The Word of God teaches that Adam and Eve were created immortal, But because of their fall from grace, the law of sin and death began to reign over them and all their progeny. Today, the once-ridiculed word immortality has entered the medical lexicon as futuristic possibility. Before the flood in the days of Noah, the Bible's average lifespan was 911 years. How foolish it sounded, but today... The field of gerontology, the scientific study of old age, is toying with the idea of 1,000 years. Adam is the first to be anesthetized when Eve was created from his rib, Genesis 2, 21 and 22. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. Can you see some similarities to today's concept of cloning? God lists the cloud of witnesses in Hebrew chapter 11, God's faith champions of old, who stood in faith in the face of utter contradiction. Verse 7 speaks of Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah believed God's word to him concerning strange and bizarre things not seen as yet. He believed God's word that man's average lifespan of 911 years would only top out at 120 years in the future, something science knows as the Hayfleck effect. Noah believed God concerning a strange thing called rain. The first record of rain begins during the first day of the first 40 days and 40 nights Noah and his family were in the ark during the global flood. Prior to the days of Noah, Genesis 2, 5, and 6 reads, And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth. According to Christian geology, islands and mountain ranges were formed during the flood of Noah as tectonic plates crashed into one another, a result of the breaking up of the great fountains of the deep, in combination with the devastating weight of torrential rains, winds, and waves. Noah believed God concerning things not seen as yet, but surely seen they are all over the earth. 
Jesus said at his returning it would be as it was in the days of Noah, and things not seen as yet will come to pass. The first thing we considered was the great taking up of the Church of Christ, commonly known as the Rapture, end of quotes. Things not seen as yet. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said, 21 Sides of Doomsday series. Over 1900 years ago, when the book of Revelation was penned, things were different. Electricity had yet to be discovered. There were no steamships, locomotives, automobiles, airplanes, spaceships, telephones, radios, or TVs. There was no internet, personal computers, GPS tracking devices, scanning systems, or sophisticated data managing systems did not exist. Yet Revelation 13 prophesies of the ominous mark of the beast by which all global commerce is controlled. Revelation 13:16 through 18. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. When this passage was penned, there were no checking accounts, direct deposit transactions, electronic transfers, charge cards, debit cards, computerized banking, scanning systems, and more. In the above passage, the Word of God prophesies of a new system of commerce to which the whole world will be forced to comply. This new system of commerce appears to be the perfect moneyless society where consumers no longer deal in hard cash. All financial transactions are conducted electronically under a consumer account number. This would be a marvelous idea if it wasn't for those who would take control of it. Such an electronic banking system would greatly reduce the cost of banking, personal theft, bad checks, bad credit, and more, even bankruptcy. This would in turn reduce the cost of goods, improve the world's standard of living, and enhance personal safety. A great idea. With today's technology, this cardless system could easily be accomplished. It could eliminate the carrying of personal identification cards by simply embedding a code or identification chip of some kind in the right hand or under the skin in the forehead of an individual. These identifying chip located in your person could give the government the ability with global positioning systems to locate you anywhere on this globe. Criminals could run but couldn't hide. A good idea, except the world's societies will be controlled economically by the Antichrist. Unless you receive the mark, the name, or the number of the beast, which is 666, you will not be able to buy or sell. Imagine, today it is already estimated that we are a 97% cashless society. End of quote. 21 Signs of Doomsday, Update 30, The Ubiquitous Chip. Just recently, a lot of buzz has risen over RFID microchip technology. Several news uh, posts uh, on the Internet cited the NBC 2007 newscast that was predicting things we might witness in the next decade and posited the idea of an American population tagged with the ubiquitous chip by 2017. According to NBC, the chip will answer the question of, am I who I say I am? But as you've already read, it will do so much more. I received an investment newsletter in January of 2014, and the headline promoting this investment opportunity read, One Device to End All Disease. The subhead reads, 
It's a tiny 14-millimeter chip that costs less than $50, and one company holds all the medical patents. A few excerpts from the newsletter follow. A revolutionary new medical device will soon be available at a medical center near you. It isn't a drug, and it's not a pill. It's the world's smallest medical device, and it could single-handedly end all disease. Cleared by the FDA, it's already in use in the Mayo Clinic, the world's cutting-edge medical organization. The end of illness is closer than you might think, says David Argus, a doctor, a top cancer specialist at the University of Southern California. We expect it will become a clinical standard of care in cardiology within the next three to five years, says Dr. George Savage, chief medical officer at POTUS Biomedical. Measuring just 14 millimeters, it's the world's smallest medical implant. It needs no batteries and can power itself forever. This tiny advice could add 30 healthy years to your life. It could eradicate the dangers of all disease, including cancer and heart disease, and it costs less than $50, end of quote. Wow, what an idea. The mark of the beast will make good sense. The chip is here, and it appears to be on its way to you. The August 30, 2014 pardon me, feature on foxnews.com reads, Is there a microchip implant in your future? The information cited as much as we have, what we've already reported, end of quotes. Nearly 2,000 years ago, the Apostle John prophesied of the global control of all commerce, even what appears to be a cashless society, things not seen as yet, and of a controlling implant placed under the skin of the forehead or in the right hand. End of quotes. If you were sitting in a geography class in 1947 viewing the globe of the earth, you would have found no Israel, instead an area called Palestine. Israel was under the total occupation of four nations from approximately 500 B.C. until 70 A.D. when the Roman general Titus finally destroyed the Jewish temple, killed many of the Jews, and scattered them to the four corners of the earth. In 1947, there was no Israel. But in the spirit of things not seen as yet, 1948 saw a new world globe with the nation of Israel restored. This is one of the ominous signs and pivotal elements of this world's doomsday. Zechariah 14 prophesies of the battle of Armageddon, and in this last day's prophecy, we need an Israel, a Jerusalem, and a Jewish people. Verse 2, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Paragraphs follow from 21 Signs of Doomsday Update uh, 27 and the title of 666. Things in the Middle East are so volatile that in just one hour, the battle could begin, which could be the precursor of the very battle of Armageddon that will end the world as we know it. The temperature of the Middle East is red hot. Things that seem so bizarre when originally prophesied in the Word of God thousands of years ago are ever so close and even plausible. Richard Warmbrand, in his book Proofs of God's Existence, writes, The fact is that as science advances, it discovers what was said thousands of years ago in the Bible. To give just one example, it was predicted by the evangelist John in Revelation 21 that a city called the New Jerusalem, about 2,500 kilometers high and wide and deep, would come to earth out of heaven. 
for two millennia, science has denied such a possibility. Now we launch Skylabs from our tiny planet and seriously talk about space cities, end of quote. The Middle East is a powder keg. Now for the first time in 30 years, Russia has positioned itself in the middle of the equation and is galvanizing Syria, Iran, and Iraq into a united force with possibly more nations to come, all haters of the Israeli people. In the past, the only thing standing between the United Nations moving against the state of Israel has been a veto vote by the U.S. At the present time, that situation has changed. Zechariah 14.2, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem, can be easily accomplished under the banner of the United Nations. Israel is in the crosshairs of a final destruction, a destruction from which Jesus Christ alone can deliver. Under the category of things not seen as yet is Revelation six twelve through 14 And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places." Imagine a heaven that splits open to reveal the returning Jesus Christ with his saints. And now note that science theorizes that it is possible to tear space. Luke seventeen twenty six and 27. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. In the days of Noah, wickedness had come to a fool, and the earth was filled with violence. Noah prophesied of an impending doomsday. But besides the seven of his family that followed him onto the ark, the rest of the sons and daughters of Adam were destroyed. The entire earth and its atmosphere experienced a catastrophic change. Luke seventeen twenty six again, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. The following excerpts are from the 21 signs of doomsday update for the mountains fall down flat. Some in the field of geology believe that many of the world's mountain ridges are a result of the cataclysmic events that occurred during Noah's global flood. Among geologists, there are considerable differences on how the mountains were formed. Some claim that it was a result of tectonic plates banging together during the great flood and then uplifting in the mountain ridges. Various other theories are promoted, but one thing is certain. Plate tectonics were present in all mountain-making processes. The Great Flood in the days of Noah took place approximately 4,350 years ago. The biblical unmaking of the mountains is about to happen again, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. When the mighty Christ returns to earth at the Battle of Armageddon, he will set foot on the Mount of Olives, which will result in a colossal earthquake that will affect the entire globe. Zechariah 14, 1 through 4, quoted above, reveals this coming event, things not seen as yet. It's interesting to note that on February 11, 2004, an earthquake measuring 5.0 on the Richter scale rocked Israel. Seismologists predict a huge earthquake in Israel within the next 50 years. The Jerusalem Post on March 5, 2004, quoted Dr. Rami Hofstetter, director of the Seismology Division of the Geophysical Institute of Israel. He said, we are going to have a bigger one. 
There is no doubt about it. We're going to have it. It's just a question of time. We know it's going to happen because we have historical information on this for the last 2,000 years. End of quote. A major fault line runs directly under the Mount of Olives. God declares this global earthquake begins at the Mount of Olives. His prophecies of this coming event, thousands of years before the concept of plate tectonics and fault lines were ever conceived, only the Creator would know exactly where the fault line lies, and only He would know that a big one lies under the Mount of Olives in the Temple Mount. This is just another supernatural proof that God is, and that His Word is true and righteous altogether. When the Mount of Olives earthquake takes place, this tectonic dis- that disaster pardon me, will be global. Every mountain will fall down flat. It was mountain-making in the days of Noah and the opposite at Christ's return. Every wall will fall down flat. The islands, which many claim are simply mountain peaks poking out of the water, will flee away. Ezekiel 38, 19 and 20. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth And all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence, and the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. Again, Revelation 16, 20. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. This global disaster will destroy the vast majority of the earth's remaining humans. Isaiah 24, 1 through 3. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be, as with the people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, For the Lord has spoken this word. The mountains and every wall falling down flat and the islands disappearing will cause unspeakable consequences. Expect monster tsunamis to strike the world's densely populated coastlines, annihilating cities, towns, and small coastal communities. The word of God says waves raging. Jesus said in Luke 21, 25 through 27, there shall be signs in the heaven and in the moon and in the stars. And upon the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. The passage, men's hearts failing them for fear, literally means scared to death. The earth should prepare for things not seen as yet. End of quotes. God said, Zechariah chapter 14, 1 through 4 and verse 12, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle." 
And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And this shall be the plague, wherewith the Lord shall smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. God said, Revelation six twelve and 14, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell upon the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Man said, The Bible passages written thousands of years ago can't be true. If they're true, then there's a God. But of course that can't be true. Now you have the record.